Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome back to the Preps of Pro NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Ben Pfeiffer and as always, I'm joined by Max Collin. Max, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, get, getting ready to record our last Preps of Pro before the 2020 NBA Draft. Um, it's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, for the listeners, Ben, it is the morning of the draft. Right. I know. For us, it is the exact same Friday that we've recorded. Uh, once again, disclaimer that we are recording on Friday, November the 13th. Uh, if any big trades or moves have been made, we don't know about them because we can't see in the future. But like Max said, for the listeners, um, the draft, it's upon us. Um, but for us, it is still coming and we have plenty to talk about um, on today's final episode. We're going to finish up talking about our our specific tiers for the 2020 draft and some of the prospects within them going to talk a little just going to finish up with some final thoughts on this draft and our boards and then going to you know do our normal catching i think because it's still preps a pro um after all so without without any more rambling uh, let's jump into it uh did you shout out the live broadcast no i didn't uh silly of me we are we are broadcasting live on twitch during the draft later today for the listeners tonight Yes. Um, make sure to like follow, follow follow us on Twitch. I'm sure we'll have links everywhere on our pod, on our on the pod Twitter, on our personal Twitters. At that point, um, our boards are going to be out. We're going to be so much more prepared than we are currently. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like again, like a live episode of Preps of Pro. Um, ask your questions. We're going to have fun guests on. We're going to be going for hours and hours and hours. So come listen to Max and I babble because. We don't want to babble alone. And we're going to publish the, the live broadcast as an episode or in all likelihood multiple episodes that are all going to be released at the same time. Um, so if any of you missed the live broadcast, that's going to go like four plus hours, which if you miss a little bit of it, mean, I mean, I'd understand. I'd be, it'd be a little bit hurt, but like I understand. But, uh, but yeah. there, should be, there should be fun visual elements to this uh, yes. live broadcast as well as interactive elements. So I, I think it, it, you'll get a lot more out of it if you stop by live. But uh, if you miss it and you still want the content, it will. it's still going to work as a podcast, though it'll be a little bit different and not as fun. But yeah, I mean, either way, exciting stuff tonight. Um, we made it. So let's 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 just get into our scheduled content and keep discussing our, our boards. The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Sure. What is your next tier, Ben? My next tier. Gosh, where do we start? Okay, so I have my fifth tier, which is um, just kind of like rotation gambles. I didn't break it up as much as you probably did because I just like again like have a slightly different viewing of my tier. It goes all the way from thirty-seven to sixty-five. It goes from like more high-end rotation bets slash specialist that I'm pretty confident in, um, you know, like guys like Precious Achua and Trey Jones and Jalen Smith and Najee Marshall, who, you know, I think could really fit into roles. And then, you know, going over to the bottom, like some of the interesting wing gambles we talked about, like like Jessup or Doolittle um, and, you know, shooters like um, like Powell and Sam Merrill. Um, so that, that that's kind of this, um, just guys that I think like can actually – 
make NBA rotations, even if it varies from um, top to bottom. Again, like I, I didn't see as much of a del- enough of a delineation to make a new tier for me, but I, I mean, there's definitely some sort of break somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, my tier four is highly context dependent, high value specialists or unspectacular rotation players. Uh, it's 27 to 38 ranking wise. Uh, at the high end of these guys is highly value, highly valuable rotation options in uh, optimal context, but they risk being seriously exposed depending on situation or for the uh, unspectacular rotation players, just sort of steady rotation guys who, um, you know, don't matter that much, but are nice to have. Uh, I use a late first on some of the specialist guys with perfect context and a very, very strong uh, and well-fleshed-out developmental plan, but preferably these guys would all be early seconds. So illustrative examples, the the specialists are kind of like Tyrell Terry, Tyler Bay, Zeke Naji, uh, Nate Hinton, Precious Achua, Jalen Smith. Um, you know, if you, if you are going to turn Precious Achua into strictly a rim-running big man, you are not going to give him any uh, – you're, you're going to constrain – severely as a decision maker you're not going to give him perimeter reps as a handler or shooter um you are going to make use of his mobility as a big man but i don't think like switch everything uh if you have this very constrained idea and you're just going to extract a lot of energy out of him and some solid defensive impact and and and, uh coverage versatility i'm fine with him in the late first i don't love it but um with with the perfect environment you can definitely get that value out of him uh, it was a similar idea with, with Terry. We, uh, we discussed this earlier that, that um, you know, if you put, put in a situation where you're really able to use a 6-2 movement shooter who's a really, really strong uh, off-the-ball mover uh, and an intelligent player, then you, you can get a lot of value out of Tyrell Terry. It's just, I, don't, I don't know how many teams are equipped to do that. Um, you know, if you're willing to play a, a 6-4 uh, power forward who is a – like an incredible rebounder and, and uh, team defender in Nate Hinton, then, then, you know, sure. Um, you take him pretty highly. Uh, meanwhile, the, the steady rotation players would be you know, your Teo Maladons, uh, Robert Woodard, Sadiq Bay, guys who, who I think are just fine, you know, would be totally okay with them in a rotation, but uh, not super enthused about them. We also had E. Smith as a specialist. That he's yeah. A really key one there. I think that he, he's one where I, I don't, I'm not an Smith guy. This is well established, but there are a few teams that I think would be very, very smart to take him in the first round. Uh, if you know Miami did it, the Lakers did it, uh, maybe Milwaukee. Like there, there are a handful of teams that I think could get a lot of value out of out of Neesmith. Um, It's just you know I wouldn't take him in the lottery, and there are te- there are certain teams where I wouldn't really be that interested in him at all. But uh, you know, he's, I think, very, very emblematic for this tier. A guy who, who to some teams is, is very valuable and certainly worth the first, but to a lot of teams is, is uh, someone to stay away from. Yeah, I think you should be your next tier too because I'm like way ahead of you because I just have fewer tiers. Sure. Um, yeah, my next tier uh, is tier five solid rotational gambles. Um, they're high end, I, I see, as low end rotation players. I take these guys in the mid second for sure. Um, so these guys, I would give NBA contracts to um, near 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 the end. Maybe would would think more more of a two way type guy, but um, okay giving any of these guys NBA contracts. And so these are are kind of you know, less solid than those those solid players in, in the um, in the previous tier, but um, you know maybe a, a not particularly valuable archetype, but good at it, like Devon Dotson or Vernon Carey. Um, you know, some, some, someone who's, who's more of a, maybe a specialist and a small role player, but, um, but has, uh, has some value in that role. Like you do as a um, And then, and then some guys who are maybe more uh, like two way type gambles, see what they turn into and like Mason Jones, Justinian Jessup. Um so it's it's just a collection of guys who I think stand above the sort of morass of of like sixty to hundred and twenty prospects um, and guys that I would definitely spend a pick on, but um, you know not not um, not some not guys I'm looking at before like the yeah. fifth pick. And what are the numbers of that tier for you? That's thirty nine to forty nine for me. 
Okay, so yeah, like it's like it's kind of like the same idea as my thirty-seven to sixty-five, uh, like guys who I kind of like bigger, but like I'm mean, guys who I want like to like uh, the high end. Who I, I'd be comfortable spending like a mid-second on like you know Tyshawn and Najee Marshall, and then you know low end like like Jessup and Ellaby or Doolittle, who I'm you know more enthused of spending a two like who I the type I want to swing for a two-way. Um, but sure. again, I, mean, I, I should probably mention my next tier then as well. Yeah, you're still ahead of me. Yeah, because I only have one last tier. Yeah, my next tier is, is worthwhile flyers. Um, so these guys are are at the high end. I think are more non rotational bench options, so that they're you know they're not going to be cons- rotational fixtures, but uh, could hang around on an NBA bench. Um, I view them as draftable as stashes or on two ways, but I, I would be a little hesitant to give these guys NBA deals. Um, but if they're, you know, if this is a, your 55th pick and is a stash or someone who's willing to take a two way, I'm totally fine with it. And that, that's, I think, uh, akin to the, to the back half of that tier, tier for you where, yeah, I've got, yeah, yeah LB, Trent Forrest, Cassius Stanley, uh, yeah. Nick Richards, uh, all the way up to like Jay Scrub, Trev Queen, Janae, um, just a lot of these guys that, that I think are, are worth some sort of investment. A guy that I, I would, guys that I'd like to get into into my organization for a team, but not, not investing a ton. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the, again, the same gist of, of my tier, like just, just these at, at the end of the tier, like these types that I am like the ones that I want on a two way, like the ones that I'm, that I'm comfortable swinging on, but at, at their ceiling, probably back end rotation prospects, which I mean, with a second round pick is valuable. Like in the second round, you're like, you're not going to find like real starters almost ever. So like if you can land like a rotation player, or even a back end one on a rookie contract, like that's, that's, that's a big hit. Um, so yeah. And then, I mean, I guess I might as well say my last tier. I mean, I, I have one last tier from 66 to hundred, which is just my like fringe NBA slash like long shots. Um, again, like there is definitely some delineation, um, you know, toward uh, top of the bottom, like Elijah Hughes and like, I don't know, like uh, Diakite at the top to like Markel Johnson and Daniel Tour at the bottom. Like there definitely is a difference, but not a meaningful enough one for me to make it here. Just, just the guys who I don't really want a two-way, who I'd be happy bringing in um, in like a theoretical summer league team to, you know, give them a chance um, if they want to sign as – you know, w- w- with my G League roster, I'll give them a chance to perform in the G League. Um, a lot of prospects who I think are bets to be really solid European players, like, you know, I think of like Marcus Howard, Peyton Pritchard, like Caleb Holmesley um, as, as, you know, prime prime candidates there. There's, you know, prospects I'm not very excited at uh, about for their NBA, you know, presence. And if they are players, they're back end rotation at best. If they do hit, um, but just prospects I'm not really excited about investing in or taking a swing on. Yeah, I have a very similar final tier. It's just NBA long shots, uh, the high end being fringe NBA player. Uh, and these guys are more like if if you're bringing these guys in, I think that they're more G League options, uh, not even two way. Uh, and, yeah. and, you know, or, organizational depth, maybe, or, or someone who, if they correct some sort of massive flaw, uh, maybe, maybe. The, you know, it's a guy. Uh, I'm still. I'm undecided if I'm even gonna put this here out there, just because. Um, I I don't know. I, I I'm kind of yeah. tempted to get to a round number, but that's gonna mean pushing to see a bunch of guys. Um, so TBD on that. But this this runs for me from like 71 on. Uh, I've got a hundred guys ranked. Um, but yeah, these are these are guys that I'm. I don't know. Like I I wouldn't take issue with maybe the first. 15 of them getting two ways like, yeah. like someone like KJ Martin who have gotten like the mid eighties. Uh, I don't hate if you give him a two way, I wouldn't really be eager to do it, but you know, closer to the top, maybe like John Teske or, or like, you know, Christian Vettel or something like that. Like one of those guys I think is much more uh, justifiable in like a two way, even if it's, you know, maybe I'd go in a different direction. Um, I guess the high the higher end of this tier are more in that two way range, but but yeah. don't feel great about it. And again, as like you go down in the draft, like the talent level just is so much closer together to where like if we're like looking at future outcomes, like there's almost no real difference. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's like, it, yeah. That's why I'm tempted to not 
put this 70 to 100 out just because, like, I don't really think that these guys are, are super realistic NBA bets or at least meaningful ones. Like, I, I just don't see I, – I don't know. I don't know what the if, – if you're talking about moving, like, toward, toward a championship, a guy who, who is, like, truly your 15th man uh, and never plays is just totally irrelevant to the point that I'm not sure I want to take the time to, like, really uh, – negotiate the differences between like Yoeli Childs and Nate Darling or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's totally fair. I mean, again, yeah. Was, like at, that, at that point, if you, especially if you put out an, an ordinal ranking on that, like, um, you know, you're going to get people asking yeah. why, like, why, yeah. is, why are KJ yeah. Martin ranked again? Like, yeah, exactly. Someone I have like Richards and like, I don't know, like Rayshon Hammond's like 20 spots apart, but like I wouldn't care enough to like if, if, if you ranked one over the other just for like an example. Like, yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you that like there's, you know, I think for NBA teams it's worthwhile. Um, and like especially like G League organizations, um, it's definitely worthwhile. But for like, I mean, there's definitely a case for just being a waste for of time. For team in this range, like you don't need a ranking. It's just like, Okay, I in this range, I like John Teske. I'm gonna go and try to get John Teske. Yeah, not necessarily rankings. I mean, just like having a list of these of these guys. Because I yeah. think it's because honestly, like like there's numbers attached, but at this point, I think it's really just more of a list, like a, yeah. like a kind of okay. a watch list, which I think might be fair to label it as that. That's actually not a bad idea. Maybe that's how. Yeah, it's just like just like to label it as like other. Because yeah, I mean, I do agree that like like again, like th- the difference between sixty six and hundred is basically zero. Like. Yeah, it, it, the difference is basically zero, and it's 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 just guys that I don't really believe in. Yeah. Even the one, I think I'll, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, I think I'll end up making just like a disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. I'm undecided on that. We'll we'll see what. I, I mean, I will I'll will have put out my my board by the time that this comes out, so this will all be moot to the listeners. But this is kind of what my internal dialogue. Of, yeah, I think this is a useful thought process as well, just on like yeah. the, the value of all this. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think I think it's important to note that like yeah, people. I think people get into these these like super deep sleeper guys, but in reality, like most of these second round picks are not going to be like consistent NBA players. Yeah, uh, let alone meaningful ones. Uh, most of the first rounders probably won't be meaningful NBA players. They might be NBA players, but you're just you're like you really are. are you're getting into. You know, it's a fun novelty to have a hundred guys ranked, but yeah, it's not, not super useful. There aren't a hundred real NBA prospects in any draft. Serious NBA prospects in a in a given class, like yeah, you're just kind of searching for names at that point. Yeah, um, which I, I get, I get, I I understand that, that people like round numbers, but um, you know, maybe I only want to rank eighty four guys. Yeah, just buck the trend, you know. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for our our, our tiers. I, I think we're gonna have a couple like uh, a little bit of uh, final thoughts on this draft, um, and then we're gonna move on to our catching eye guys. So. Sure. Um, I yeah, I don't know. What did you have in mind? I mean, I thought. Did you want to discuss like the risers and fallers? Yeah, let's. Do yeah, I I think we're we plan on making this its own episode, but didn't really end up having time. Just gonna talk about some some prospects that we think um, are gonna be risers and fallers on a re rank um, post draft, which we're definitely gonna do once it actually happens. But just talk just talking through some of those prospects now. Yeah, I mean the most apparent I think is Halliburton, yeah. um, and I think that that like even like especially considered in his range is is very apparent so um you know if he goes to new york or detroit i'm going to be deeply concerned like really really concerned he will drop uh probably just to the back of that tier that i currently have him in but uh you know that that could be down to to 20 or 21 um i would be deeply concerned um i wouldn't totally write him off because um, you never know. Maybe maybe the Pistons draft him and then they draft Cade next year. Um, maybe they maybe he totally flames out, and I still like the second draft equity there. Um, but I will be massively concerned if he goes to a team where he is expected to be the uh, capital P point guard. 
Um, yeah, yeah I think this is, oh, go. If, if he goes to like Atlanta or Phoenix or Washington, I would feel a lot more comfortable with where I have him. Right. Yeah. Hallie is certainly the main like scary complimentary piece. I think that um, I was going to impact the new re-rank. I think there are definitely some like lower leverage complimentary pieces like Denny, who I think, you know, if he went to a team where he was expected to do any creation would struggle, but just by virtue of his size and the defense, um, I don't think would move as much for me in a re-rank, you know, if he landed somewhere like, again, like Phoenix or New Orleans, as opposed to like Cleveland or Charlotte. And then on the other end of that spectrum, you have someone like Cole Anthony, who I think could end up going pretty low to like, uh, you know, a team like Philly or Denver or Miami. And in that case, I think he definitely moves up because I know for certain that he's playing next to the secondary creator that um, he needs to play next to. But, you know, on the other hand, if he ends up, you know, somehow going higher, it it seems like his range is like out of the top 10. So I don't think he's going to go to like the Knicks or the Pistons. But if he did, that would be deeply concerning as well, just because he can't really drive offense. But just, you know, the less offense he's required to run, or even if if you went to maybe a team like Orlando, I'd be even a little worried um, because of how dire they need like offensive creation as well. Yeah, Cole, I feel like I've kind of priced that in because I, I just think that he's going to end up in a good situation at this point. Uh, his stock has fallen off so hard. Um, yeah. that I, I, I don't know that he'll move around that much for me unless unless he goes to to one of those spots where I'm pretty concerned, in which case he'll fall. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, Obi is, is someone who I don't think will fall for me, but yeah. if he does somehow, if he is lucky enough to wind up in one of these situations that's very good, he could definitely rise. Yeah. Uh, if, if he just happens to, to, to go somewhere where they have one of these writer big compliments who can actually enable Obi, um, I'll, I'll be a bit higher on him. I, I don't think he would rise a massive amount for me, but the potential to rise is definitely there. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure where that is, though. Like, what, like, like what team is he going to? Like, um, like the Jazz aren't going to get him. Like, he's not going to fall to, like, Miami. If Golden State took him, he would rise for me. Yeah, that's fair. I yeah, I think he would as well. Like again, like uh, taking into context, two two overall is is massively a reach for Obi to me, and I know for you, but that's certainly a context where offensively, I think he can be maximized. And Draymond, um, I guess TBD to see where he where how he ages, but you know, in theory, the perfect compliment to Obi, you know, as one of the best defensive bigs of all time. So yeah, I think definitely someone with potential to rise post draft um, if he lands in a good spot. Yeah, I think Onyeka has some mo- some mobility there to me, um, if, especially if he winds up with like the Celtics or even even like Washington. I think is well situated to to get a lot out of him. Um, I think there are there are a lot of spots in there where he could just rise up that tier a little bit, especially if um, you know Okoro ends up in a questionable situation or something like that. I could I could definitely see Onyeka rising. A little yeah, bit. like I'm already confident in him, but I could yeah. I could be. Really, confident. for me, I can see Ant rising into tier one if he lands somewhere like Golden State, um, where I'm confident there's an infrastructure to develop him. You know, a team like Golden State who can definitely use Ant in the long term because they have an aging core, but so a, a team that can, you know, force him to, you know, cut, get make the most out of his cutting and teach him how to, you know, really spot up and shoot off movement uh, better than he can now and get him to lock in on defense. I think that definitely bodes well for his develop for not, not only his usefulness now, but his development in the future. So I, I definitely could see myself moving Ant into tier one. Um, if he lands in that perfect spot that I think can really help him, but I don't think there's a lot of spots. Like if he went number one to Minnesota, I certainly wouldn't make that change. Um, if he went three to the Hornets, I certainly wouldn't make that change. Um, but I think if, if, if he went to golden state, I think I'd move him up into tier one. Yeah, a couple non-player specific things that could result in guy uh, moving up would be um, one, just teams that they're drafted by. Um, so, like, I will probably give some benefit of the doubt to whoever the Celtics, the Raptors, um, Bucks, Heat, yeah, yeah, Bucks, the Heat, whoever these guys draft, I think are just you know in situations that they have de- they have demonstrated extreme developmental competence. Uh, yeah. And I think that that um, you know those are spots you can be generally speaking more confident. And there there are more specifics that you can get into there. Yeah, but, like shooting um, development for like Boston or like New Orleans or sure. like just strength yeah. development in Milwaukee. Like I mean, like if New Orleans winds up with Josh Green, like yeah, that, I mean that's the thing I've talked about. Like again, like I would have quite a bit of faith in that shot. Like 
like if, if New Orleans winds up with like Josh Green or Leandro Bolmaro or um Denny, like don't you have to be supremely confident in those guys? Yeah, because if because you know that that, that missing piece jumper, you know, they've shown extreme competency in, in getting incredibly questionable shooters with bad shooting track track records to shoot. Um, at least on small sample, but so yeah, I mean, it, taking in taking into account team absolutely plays a point. And then I guess like it's I think there's less falling for like bad developmental context because I think those are harder to parse out really. But like uh, I'm not going to be particularly enthused if a team lands in Cleveland or, or Chicago or the Knicks. Well, yeah. So there there are a couple things there that I I worry especially with someone like Patwell if he goes super high. And it's to a spot where it's just like a waste, a wing wasteland. And it's just like, yeah, Powell and on the wing. Yeah, yeah. He's our big wing stopper. I'm going to be a little concerned and he'll probably yep. fit for me. That, that would, Absolutely. those would, uh, that would raise some, some, some concerns for me. Um, and then the other more general thing I want to mention is if someone goes way higher than we expect that, that, that in and of itself is not going to make someone rise for me. Like, you know, I wouldn't have, have moved um, Rui Hachimura up last year just because I knew he was going to go high. I just didn't think he was very good. Um, but if, like, Poku goes top three or something like that, he would probably rise for me just because I, I'm i kind of assuming in that situation that, one, there's going to be a large amount of investment in him, and two, that, that there's going kind to of, have a plan. There's a plan. There's kind of a knowledge of what he is, uh, which makes me a little bit more confident. Um and will, will lead to him probably rising for me. But that's not, um, you know, that's not a, a hard and fast rule that, that anyone who goes higher than expected is going to rise. I don't yeah. I would have moved Cam Johnson up that much, even though I, I liked him and he went higher than I expected. Yeah. All right. So uh, any more risers and fallers or? Um, I mean, I don't think it's, I mean, we, we could do this for every prospect, but like. Yeah. But I, I think that there are, there are certainly some notable ones. Uh, if someone takes Killian Tilly high, I'll feel a lot better about him. I don't know that I'll write. Uh, I'll yeah, write. I suppose. I mean, in case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, because that means they're confident in his medicals enough to take him high. And I certainly am pricing that into my, you know, ranking and evaluation because I think yeah. you have to. If an NBA team thinks that Killian Tilly's medicals are okay enough to take him in the first round, then I will be pretty damn confident in Killian Tilly. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's like probably a lottery talent, apart from the injuries. Like, yeah, I yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I mean, if a team is comfortable enough, you know, you know, I, I think we saw with Jonte Porter that like it took him. He obviously didn't get drafted. Took took him a long time to get on a roster, um, or like even like someone like less talented, but someone like Charles Matthews, who um, there's like the it, we we learn by inaction how dire the medicals really are, uh, and I think the it works in reverse too. Like 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 we've been saying, if if a team takes Tilly, um, then we can feel pretty confident about the strength of his medicals that yes, he's injury prone and there's always that risk, but if a team feels like he can play on an NBA floor and sustain himself, like then that's a great sign for, 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 for his, you know, the, the length and duration of his career. Absolutely. Um, I think also broadly, you can say if, if the NBA clearly doesn't value a guy that that would be a reason to drop him. So like Jonte, that example is worthwhile bowl. Uh, THT, I think, Maybe people would have been inclined to drop, but but might not have been a wise move. He seems to still be a very good prospect. Um, but like definitely Jonte and Bull, where, where it's like, it, okay, it seems like there were probably some reasons to not be yeah. high on these guys. Yeah, um, I mean, especially like with those prospects, when you have medicals or like other personal things that we can't really know without inside knowledge that NBA teams have. Um, that's I think yeah, worthwhile to trust that. Um, if like if there really is no other like basketball reason they should be dropping that far, then then there's probably a reason they're falling. Like, yeah, um, I I think that those are all the major candidates. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think um, yeah, it's kind of we talked about this draft for so long. I think that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean those those guards in the in the late first, like you know, if someone, if someone takes Tyrell Terry really high, I'll be very concerned about him. Uh, yeah, yeah, or like, uh, yeah, I mean, I I don't think that, that that many other guys would would move that much, but um, yeah, there will be there will be post draft movement because there are a lot of these weird contexts. Yeah, like you said, context matters so much in this draft, and we're gonna have to reevaluate after the the picks are made. So. 
The wait is finally over. Football's in full effect. With many teams strutting their stuff, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Prep to Pro NBA Draft podcast comes from Manscaped, who is the best in men's blow-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I am talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. The Lawn Mower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting it on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. Clean up your nuts and make Santa proud this year. Yeah. Uh, should we get into some catching eye? Yeah. Um, let's do catching eye. Um, you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, you go first because as of right now, I don't have anyone, but I can come up with some guys if necessary. All right. So I was finishing up my 2020 viewing or just finishing up roundups uh, watching some mountain west basketball always a good time um i, I was watching sam merrill um but i just kept being impressed with nemius Keda, who is at this point a sophomore big uh sophomore big man with you know impressive tools you know seven footer with length and strength um the notable thing to me is Keda has improved a lot as a decision maker and as a processor this year uh, or I mean, it doesn't really pop out on the stat sheet where his his his, his, his assist turnover is exactly the same. Um, but I think when you watch him play, it's a notable difference where he's making decisions quicker, even if it's still not always the right decision. And like he's not, you know, his vision isn't perfect. He's making quicker decisions. He's making, you know, he's making more quick decisions. He's I think a more willing passer on the role m- most most definitely in the post. Um, and that was like kind of a key thing because Keda is like really toolsy. Like he is kind of huge. And like it, it's a pretty decent lateral mover. I mean, he's not vertically explosive at all um, in his rim protection, and he's not like the best changing directions as a, as a mover. But he's guy as well, right? What big load time guy as well? Yeah, he takes forever to jump. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he's not vertically explosive. But like, he's a pretty good mover, and he's massive. Like, like I think the defensive ceiling, and and like I think he's a pretty good rim protector. With you know, he's he times his blocks well. He makes rotations. I mean, I, I don't think he's late or misses rotations. I mean, he has like he had like. Ten and a half block percentage last year, and seven and eight this year. Like he's he's an excellent protector. Um, and then you know, like he, he uh, defensively, I, I mean, I think again, limited by his lack of vertical explosion and high end movement tools, but I think could be a pretty good defensive big man. Just the offensive thing is is really key to his development. The the, the playmaking definitely the big thing. Um, and then seems seemingly has made some strides as a as a jump shooter. Doesn't really shoot threes. Um, has been someone who's like. Pretty pretty decent on like with those soft mid rangers has improved his free throw percentage from fifty six to sixty seven this year on about the same volume, which is which is definitely encouraging, and improved his you know his efficiency on far improved his volume on long twos and efficiency by about fifteen percent as well. So he's definitely trending upwards as an offensive player. Someone who I was kind of like out on before this year just because i didn't really think he was like a worthwhile offensive bet but if he's like continues to improve as a passer and makes makes strides as a shooter because he, he's large he's an excellent finisher um like the, i think the touch is pretty solid he's, he's just huge and dunks everything um i, I think kato could be like a real like fringy big worth worth tracking and like worth kind of gambling on um i would guess he probably doesn't come out of the draft next year and he's gonna be a junior I, I would assume he's a four-year guy, but I, I think eventually Kate is probably going to be somebody worth monitoring and maybe worth like even drafting or spending a two-way on. Yeah, I found his processing uh, speed improvements to be notable as well, um, and and that's a that's a meaningful development for for a role man. Um, yeah, he the other things that I would note are I think he, I believe he's very old for the class, um, 
and has, has already had a bunch of injury issues. Um, so yeah, those are concerning points, but yeah, I mean, he's a kind of interesting traditional big man. Prospect. Yeah. Kate is 21 right now, which is old, but yeah, it's pretty old. I mean, it's the Utah state tradition. Yeah. Um, he's old, but he's good. Like, like made improvements and is, is talented, like worth, worth keeping an eye on for sure. I think. Yeah. He definitely improved in, in an important area. Um, do you have anyone else? Um, I can I, I can always talk about like the high school basketball that's happening. Um, um, but I, mean, I know I didn't I didn't watch the that. sizzle. Uh, I didn't watch the the sizzle game. Yeah, um, I caught a little bit of it. I mean, Chet again, like evolutionary rim protector. Like it's just it's just incredibly special. Like his yeah, the timing. We we've done this plenty of times. Still not really buying the half court creation. Like. Oh God, no! No, no, I mean, he's not. He's no, not. I mean, he beat like, I mean, like people. I think were definitely caught up about him like beating Amani off the dribble a couple times, but Amani Bates is a bad defender right now, and he's also like sixteen. Um, so I don't really think he gets brownie points for beating Amani Bates off the dribble with complex moves that were slow. Um, like I, yeah, again, like Chet, I think like like I'm afraid that he's becoming like a product of the hype machine. Because he is such a cool, unique prospect. Like he's like genuinely a one of a kind high school rim protector. Like guys like him don't come along at all. But yeah, we've done the whole Chet thing like multiple times because we did we did it on episode five. Um, I I, I was checking that long ago. We did it on the fifth episode, and then yeah. we did it again. Um, kind of recently, I think. I think the we, so we've done it. I think three times we did it. On the fifth episode, I think we did it on part two of Superlatives with Mike Weisenberg, and we did it again recently. Um, but the like, go check those out for the like. I think those are each five yeah. minute segments on check. But yeah. don't believe the mixtapes. However, like Transcendent Rim Protector, really fun, weird prospect, yeah. uh, super cool. This is the the Chet's a Pro podcast. I mean. <laughs> I mean, Jaden Hardy also played Dub Dunham recently. The shot making really good. Everything else, I, I I'm, I'm I'm consistently unimpressed. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I'm excited for 21, Ben. I the, the, there are clips coming out of the scrimmages. Uh, our yeah. our buddy Arkansas Zach, one, yes. Yeah, our buddy Zach Milner is is clipping all these scrimmages. Um, you got Moses Moody absolutely tearing it up for Arkansas. We were going all in on Moses Moody. Um, I, I recently was I was watching for um, I don't know if I mentioned this. I was watching for for KJ Martin's uh, year at, at Sierra Canyon. Uh, that that game from from Moody and Cade's junior year at Montverde. And the first like quarter of that game, Moody is just a destroyer of worlds. He's doing he's like nailing threes, defensive playmaker, like making sick passes. Um, like even like looking pretty bursty at times too. He's so good. He's yeah, like of good. course Moody is like in this Arkansas scrimmage, like actually showing some on ball juice because what do you know? He's actually like kind of an on ball creator because he did it in in EYBL. Like that's what he was. Like yeah, he, he's he's, he's more than just a three and D off ball player. He's so good. He's really really good. I'm I'm very confident in in Moses Moody. I'm I'm yeah. I he he's gonna be very high for me. He's got um, like I always want to have higher, but like I'm like, oh yeah, he's like, gonna be maybe, maybe irresponsibly high for me. I think I'm gonna do. Are you gonna do a a 2021 board uh, Thursday morning or something? I could. I know you've already you've already put them out, but yeah. I yeah, I think I'm gonna put out a first one Thursday morning. It's gonna yeah. be very rough, but, uh, but yeah. I mean, it's like, can I rank Moses Moody ahead of Jalen Green and get away with it? <laughs> I'm not gonna go that far, but I'm not that far off from that. Yeah, I have them one spot apart or like two spots apart. Yeah, like, Moody's really good. Like he, Moody is really good. He is a, he is a true do it all wing, and yeah. not not in like a not in a pejorative like Culver Jack of all trades, master of none way. In like a he's very good at everything. Yeah, um, like he's every, kind of special. Like yeah, he's very good at everything. He's a really really fun player. It's it's so wild that that was a high school backcourt. That you had to go and play Cade Cunningham and Moses Moody in one backcourt, and then also you've got 
Caleb Houston and Scotty Barnes and Daron Sharp and Derek Whitehead and yeah coming Langston, off yeah and, then off, and Langston Love off the bench like it's right Ryan, like, Ryan Nemhard's gonna come in and pick you up full court. I'm really excited to like look back in like six years at like where where this Montverde team is like it's gonna be one of those situations where where you see those um those pictures of AAU teams that are like Jason Tatum Trey Young uh I don't know Darren Fox a bunch of other guys no like. And but but this is gonna be like oh yeah no these guys started on the same high school team and it's like Kate Kate and they're and, all all stars Kate Kate is the MVP and Scotty is the all defense first team weirdo forward and Moses Moody is the do it all wing who's a stud on some good team it's oh, gonna be fun it's, it's gonna, gonna be a time yeah yeah Arkansas is gonna be so fun this year yeah I'm really excited for them very yeah. excited for them what what teams are you most excited for. Um, uh, hopefully I will get to see some of these live. Um, if, if this happens, granted, you know, things with the world's change or if, if not, um, we'll be close. Um, I'll talk about the SEC. The SEC has a lot of them. Tennessee, I think first and foremost, oh. uh, with Keon, not only Keon and Jaden Springer, but Eve Pons, um, John Fulkerson, Santiago Viscovi is just like fun players. Like it's going to be so good. They're going to be so good and so fun. Like, it, it's going to be an incredible team. Arkansas, obviously, can I mean, I mean, like, Kentucky less for like, Kentucky just for Boston, but like, I'm not really excited about anybody else in that team. Um, yeah, those are like. That. I, I'm interested to see Isaiah Jackson. I, I'm, I'm interested, but I wouldn't call myself like someone like I'm really hyped to watch. Like, yeah, I have concerns with Kentucky. There are some people I'm not yeah. so about watching, but I'm very excited <laughs> to watch them because of BJ Boston. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited, really really excited for BJ. I'm Boston. excited for West Virginia. Oh my god! Yes. I, I so I was looking I was looking at the Oklahoma State schedule today, and I'm I'm marking the Oklahoma State West Virginia games oh because god. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch them each 15 times. I'm so excited. Oh my uh, god! Deuce against Cade. It's gonna be beautiful. Um, I'm so excited for Stanford. Spencer Jones and and Zaire. It's like the best six eight shooting duo. Like yes, I I. I love those two. I'm way too high on Spencer Jones. How um, high are you on Spencer Jones? Like, twenties. Jesus, that's, I, he's, I mean, that's, he's I, really good. Yeah, I mean, I have him like in, in the. I, I'm in the first round, so like, I guess it's not crazy. But he, yeah, he, he's really good. Like, he's really good, really large, and can shoot. Uh, so yeah, he's good. Zaire, I love Zaire. Zaire, top three or four prospect. Oh, I, I'm really excited for UConn. Um, yeah. So, I. Yeah, I'm excited for UConn. I'm still, I'm still a little bit of a uh, book night skeptic. I was watching a, a little bit for Vitell the other day, and it's just like, I just, I'm still not really, still not really seeing yeah. it with book night. I, mean, I don't love him, but like I've warmed up. Like I, I, I get him as like an off-ball wing more. Like I think he comes more interesting. Um, cautiously optimistic about Duke. Um, also like a little terrified. Yeah, did you see the latest report that? Um, uh, of what the expected starters are, Matt Hurd at the five. Yeah, I, that's certainly a choice. Um, uh, I, I think that Matt Hurd at the five. It's, that's a, it's a choice that the team made. I think I think it is better than alternatives. I think it's going to be fun. Um, uh, it's it's going to be fun. I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> I think it's going to be fun, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Um, Illinois is going to be cool. Coleman Hawkins. Yeah, a bunch, um, a bunch of and, and Corbello. Yeah, a bunch of style icons at Illinois. Yeah. Even if you, you get past Io and, and get to Corbello and, and Hawkins. I also I'm not a fan of Adam Miller, their other top recruit, but Io and not Io. Corbello and, and Hawkins. That that that's quite the, like the draft for the nerd duo. Um, yeah. Yeah. I want to see DJ Carton. At Marquette. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I I miss having DJ Carton in my life. He's such he's such a, a yeah. joyous basketball. I watched a Carton game yesterday. Um, he's wow. really good. Like, yeah, yeah he's so last, fun. His last healthy game against Northwestern. Just like he's such a good player. Like like he tries so hard and on defense. Like like he makes legit defensive plays. Yeah, like, he's such a good athlete. Like he's yeah. I mean he's tiny, but he's really vertically explosive, and he's just such a fun stylistic player. Like there's such a great cadence to his game yeah. he's, he's like he's so fun. Was such a, like an impressive rhythm and pace like for yeah. a freshman guard 
Just like, like a very aesthetically pleasing. It's like a like it lacks top end returners, but it's like a really fun returner class. Like it's yeah. one that I'm really excited about. Um, yeah, like there's like a lot of returners. I think you're like good prospects. Yeah, a lot of guys that are just fun. I'm excited for Gonzaga. Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, they're stacked. As um, always, I think they're like they're the clear best team in the country for like, sure. Yeah. yeah, I guess Baylor a little bit, but like because I just I think Gonzaga is a lot better. But. But, but, but I'm talking about in terms of fun to watch. Oh, okay, yeah. I, I miss Davion. Yeah, I'm excited to see the two UNC freshman guards. Um, I'm not, like, super high on either of Caleb Love or RJ Davis, but I think it'll be cool to see two guys who are that good at shooting. Lights out shooters. Um, yeah, I mean, like, maybe the best shooting backcourt in the country. or like among. I think without a doubt. Yeah, I mean. What would, those, what would be better? I, I don't know. Like, like, RJ Davis is, like, one of the best shooters in the country, period. And then obviously Caleb Love is, is is excellent as well. Those those guys are gonna be really, really good. I mean that's and Dayron too. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to see that team. I haven't actually like sat down and like really focused on Dayron, but I've been inundated by clips from our buddy Trevor Mark, Trevor William Marks. Um so 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 I can't not be excited for him because uh, he's gonna get mad at me. And he's looks very fun. Um there he's good. Yeah. I, I, I haven't like I haven't like focused super closely on him either, but he—I yeah. mean—he's a good defensive player who yeah. can handle a little bit in pass. Like, yeah, I mean, he was basically like a point guard pre Montverde. Like, yeah, he's—he's—he's uh, he's fairly interesting. Definitely um, on the track. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of it. Um, yeah, that kind of covers like, it. Well, Auburn, obviously Auburn. Oh, that's gonna be a show. I'm—I'm I'm so oh, I need this to be a season where we actually get a like a real number of games. Because I, I I need to see the Sharif numbers. I I, I think that he's going to shoot twelve threes a game. It's Auburn. Well, I hope he shoots twelve threes a game. That would be a lot of fun. I know it's probably going to happen. It's 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 Bruce Pearl. Like that's what they do. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for this college season. Hopefully, you guys can hear uh, these. Oh, how could we forget USC? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Mobley's Mobley's reunited. Yes. And Max Agbunkpolo, also my guy, because he's named Max. No, because he's like tall, and he took a shot once. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, for context, Jared Harper shot eleven point six threes for hundred his his final season at Auburn. I think I think Shreve Cooper definitely can hit that. All right, we'll see. That's not per game though. You said no, it's per, per game. You said twelve. I was per being game facetious. Three. I was joking around. You know, All right, well, twelve threes a game. I mean, well, I'm fun. I am so excited for the Mobley's reunited. Even like in the SEC, like LSU, like has some. Like, like I'm really excited to watch Eric Gaines play. Like, he's so much fun and so chaotic. Um, I hope he gets a role. I think he will because I think he's just their best player. But like, he's really good. And I mean, I guess like probably worth mentioning like the G League team, even though like I'm cautiously excited to watch that one as well. You know, we don't really know what it's gonna look like. I think there was a report that was, like like it's gonna be televised scrimmages in December. Yeah, um, yeah, it just came out while yeah, we were recording for the G League team. So I mean, I'm like cautiously. I mean, because I am like a really big Kaminga fan. Like I am a Kaminga believer. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of skeptical of a bunch of the G League guys. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, those are going to be yeah, obviously I, much yeah. must watch many times. Yeah. I mean, I'm a skeptic of everyone but Kaminga, like on that team, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. Uh, the one more team I wanted to mention because I think they're going to have a lot of chaotic energy. Uh, may not necessarily be good um arizona state is gonna have just like a lot a lot of chaos going on there with josh christopher and like remy martin it's gonna and marcus bagley too is good oh that's right oh yeah, yeah. i need to see uh baby bagley he's I good yeah yeah um yeah, th- that team is gonna be interesting and they got a, okay uh, i'm pretty sure that they got a good transfer right i can never remember who but i, I don't think they got a transfer. that sounds familiar but i i'm not sure um should we should we call this? Yes, um, but I want to figure out who transferred to Arizona State. Actually, it doesn't matter. But all right, all right. so <laughs> this is our final episode pre twenty twenty NBA draft. Crazy! Um, it's been a long what ten months? Nine uh, months? This, we started in March, like March first. March first was our first episode. Yeah, it's it, 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 it's yeah nine months. I don't know. I can't count. Unbelievable. Um, it's been quite the journey. What have we done? Like 70 episodes? Um, this is going to be episode, um, this is going to be episode 66. 
So yeah, sixty-six episodes, <laughs> nine months, uh, with with pretty much no real like material for a lot of it. Uh, so again, just like the the biggest thank you to all of our listeners, all of our new listeners, all of our listeners that have been there since the first episode. Thank you so much for supporting the show and the work that Max and I put in to produce consistent draft content, even when there's not much to talk about. Um, cause we love talking about this and we, we appreciate that y'all seem to love listening. Um, finally we have like things going on in the world of the draft. So it's refreshing. I mean, so assuming you guys are listening today is, uh, Wednesday, the 18th. Yep. Um, so seven 30 tonight, uh, NBA draft live broadcast. We're we're starting at seven thirty. We will take questions before and during seven thirty Eastern. Yes, seven thirty Eastern. Um, we'll take questions before and during. Uh, we have some fun guests lined up. I'm sure you guys have already seen at this point. Uh, yeah. PD will be on Jackson Frank, Ricky O'Donnell, um, Jake Rosen. We've got we've got a, a nice group of guests scheduled. An excellent group of of prep to pro uh, returners and and mainstays and some new people. It's going to be fun. Like yeah, so hop on. We're going to be doing it on Twitch. Uh there will be a visual element to it, so you're going to want to be there for the live show, but if you can't be, we're going to record it and put it out on on just the normal podcast feed. But um should be a fun time. Should be worthwhile. Hopefully it can it can really take the place of of frustrating uh uh network broadcasts of the draft and um, i by the time this episode goes live and you listen to it uh there's a good chance max will have released his his famed um comparison list on twitter which i am oh yeah more more work for me to do because he got every single one right last year um so you have to live up to it now um yeah you've got high expectations yeah, but go listen well, to our bad comps episode because we talked comparisons for an hour with with PD. So yeah, I might just put the bad comps. Well, no, because because I'm not I'm not some of the ones that, that PD included that he found. God knows where. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think we're seeing an Obi Sean Marion comp. <laughs> hey, uh, we saw a Kawhi Rui comp. So that, okay, that's a fair point. Never mind. I apologize to PD. <laughs> we, we, we very well we very well may see that then. What 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 else are we gonna get? We're gonna get like a. Ty- um, Tyrell Terry Russell Westbrook. Oh, we're talking about those. Th- oh, <laughs> Tyrell Terry to Russell Westbrook. Um, I don't know. Precious Achua to like Draymond Green. Oh God! Oh my God! Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, um, I, he's gonna he's gonna get the Trezen. No, he's gonna get the band. Yeah, for sure. But like th- that'll be like high end. If 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 somebody on TV really likes Precious, like you know what? Taller Draymond. Taller Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> Dream, yeah, uh, More yeah athletic, I Draymond who can run in the street line. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, it's just Fa- famously immobile Draymond Green. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All yeah, right, I mean, let's. It, let's... It, it, just if if you want this, but live, and you can yell at us and ask us questions live on Twitch, seven thirty Eastern. Be there. We'll, we'll we will tweet out links from the pod Twitter, from our personal Twitters. The guests will tweet out links. Um, it's going to be everywhere. You should have no trouble finding it. And if you do, just reach out to us, and we'll help you out. I think yeah, time to actually outro our final episode of prep to pro for the 2020 draft cycle um i mean i shouldn't i mean we're going to have like post draft stuff and reflections and ruminations on this draft but for before the draft cycle our final episode signing off um you can follow us on twitter at prep number two pro pod follow me at ben underscore pfeiffer underscore follow max at max a carlin and with that we'll see you all after the draft